How are you guys doing? This episode is sponsored by Black Buffalo and American Giant. All right, how are you guys doing? We're back here with Anton. Anton is a, uh, he's an American, but he's also Ukrainian. I'm going to call him a Ukrainian-American because he was Ukrainian before he was an American, but he lives here now. He, he's been over, he was over there once prior. He came back to hang out with his kids for Christmas time and to, it wasn't a birthday, right? It was just Christmas. Just Christmas, pretty much. It was a birthday. Yeah, it was his birthday. It was birthday? Yeah. Okay. I remembered. See, look, I'm a good friend. I remember things like that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> well, so he came back and he was over there for like two and a half months ish. So if you guys have not seen the previous episode, you should probably go check it out. He's like an American fighting over inside of Ukraine. I think that's what the title is. And this is going to be a multi-part series for sure. So there is that. So I'm going to give him the stage uh, and just let him roll and just let him tell you guys entirely what is going on in his life. Like from, well, I guess, catch him up and then. You know what I mean? Just, just do your thing. I'm gonna let, I mean, you, we're giving you the stage. This is this is Anton's day. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> so, just a short recap. I am Ukrainian American. I'm a volunteer to go to war in the beginning uh, of this conflict. Um, it's not the beginning of the conflict was 2014, but the beginning of the full scale invasion mm-hmm. um, that everybody likes to call it. This yeah, is, this is the beginning of the war, which we're coming up on almost a year of. Right. Right, because before you can sort of kind of call it civil war supported by Russians, you know, whatever, whatever the bullshit that, that the politicians come up mm. with, right? The beginning of World War Three. let's just put it that way. So. Uh, I was, <laughs> oh, Jesus. We're going to go down that path. That, that's a, that's a, that's th- a hole. I think this is, this is the beginning of the end. But, so what happened was, um, so I volunteered to go. My brother is fighting as well out there. And um, I thought that this was something that was in me to do. Didn't have any proof of this is, was for me, but I wanted to, to put it to the test, and, and it is. So what I did this time around is uh, in September, I decided to take a pause from working and uh, go out there again. After you and I spoke, I already, I already planned on going back. I just didn't know when. I had to wrap up some of the family, family situation and, and such. And after that was done, then then I had the opportunity to go. Uh, when I went there, I acquired a vehicle in Europe um, that I could use uh, myself now. Uh, before I used somebody else's vehicles, I decided I need my own wheels. So I did that across the border. Um, I had very, very friendly uh, border guards this time. They were welcoming. Not like last time when they told me I couldn't leave, which is funny because I, I read some of you guys' comments and and you said that, you know, how come, how did they let you out? They did. I don't know what to tell you. They stamped my passport and waved me through. So that's what happened. And obviously I came back the second time as well. So I think there's a, an un- understanding that um, those that became citizens of other countries, I mean, they, they can come and go. So I haven't had any issues with that. Even though they told me I will. So when I crossed in, I had no problems with that. They didn't even search me or anything. They just they looked me up and down. They thought they knew. I knew. And they just stamped my passport and let me go. So that was good. And first thing I did is I wanted to go see my brother um, because he was fighting. He was up in the front. And I wanted to make sure not only he's okay, but I wanted to make sure to see him. Because when it's war, you never know when is the last thing you're going to do something. So I drove uh, all the way to Bakhmut, the southern part of Bakhmut is where he was. And I remember this where the farther into the safe zone you are, the larger amount of troops are at the checkpoint. 
there's you know you're gonna have 12 guys and then it goes down to six guys four guys and right in before the entrance into Bahamut there's only one guy and so that's like so backwards yeah. really is backwards I mean I think that's so backwards to me but keep going I know you said this before so and it's and it's interesting because it's more loose that way because one in the active active battle there's there's a fight going on uh, people are less concerned they're like oh well, you know what's your passport looks like do you have a registration for this area you know what I mean we're all fighting like this is this is what we do so you can have loaded truck full of RPGs whatever tank rounds nobody cares so, so what's the point of the checkpoint that's a great question I have no idea I've Makes I sense. Have, okay, cool. I have no idea. So the first 10 kilometers, it's it's pretty much worthless. Um, and there's only one guy because obviously you don't want to have a concentration of troops. They're going to bomb and you know, everybody dies. So there's one guy. Terrible job. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> That's a terrible job. Yeah. I mean, yeah. not the job I'd want. Yeah. <clears throat> Actually, I got so complacent at one point, so I just drove past this guy without without even stopping. <laughs> or doing it. Yeah, he goes like this. The, oh, <laughs> I have one job through. in my life, and this is all you just passed me. That's how useless I am right now. <laughs> that's, that's, that's literally what he thought. I am useless as this guy goes driving by. Yeah, true story. True story. <laughs> I just drove <laughs> past this guy. So it was pretty funny. So Black Buffalo is everything you love and nothing you don't. The feel, the taste, the ritual, just without the actual tobacco belief or stem. Black Buffalo is actually made from a variety of cabbage leaves. Yes, different leaves, same ritual. Black Buffalo also makes the best flavors like wintergreen, mint, straight, peach, and even blood orange with and without pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Big-name celebrities are actually using their products, and so are we. So you guys can actually buy Black Buffalo at blackbuffalo.com or at thousands of retail locations across the country by checking the store and locating it on their site. So they have like a little store locator. It'll make it really easy. It's really simple. You need to go check them out if you guys are trying to change up your routine just a tad bit. So I'm telling you guys right now, I used to be a mega dipper. I dipped a lot of Copenhagen back in the day, like a ton. That's what I did. Like when I was in the military, I dipped and smoked. Just like just about every young man back then when you're at war. I'm gonna tell you guys right now, one of the coolest thing ever is the fact that Black Buffalo has a tobacco-free and zero nicotine, zero tobacco product. This one right here. I'm telling you, this is really cool because if you're trying to wean off of it or you're trying to like keep your same routine, you like doing it, but you don't want to have the nicotine or the tobacco leaf inside of your mouth. This could be uh, a product you need to check out. If you guys are over the age of 21 and use products like this, then it's time to join the Black Buffalo Herd. All you have to do is head over to blackbuffalo.com and use promo code ROB15 at checkout. That is R-O-B, all caps, 1-5, at checkout to save 15% off your first order. That's like the best offer you guys are going to find. And you guys have to use my code ROB15. You guys can support the channel and support the companies that actually come on here and sponsor the channel so we continue to make content for you guys. Now, if, the, if, if you guys still want nicotine, they have it as well. If you don't, it's, they have them both. Go check them out. They got all the flavors. Support the channel. Support the, the companies that support this channel. And, and go check them out. They've been linked in the very top description. Make sure to go to blackbuffalo.com. Use code ROB15 at checkout to save 50% off your first order. So I drove in this, um, drove to Bachmut, and, and I remember, and I said this to you yesterday as well, um, and I remember driving in, and it's on the hill, and you have to roll down into, into Bachmut. There's mm-hmm. an elevated area. Drive in, and I was looking on the right side, and there was this five-story building that's L-shaped. And on the inside of the courtyard, there was a BTR, Ukrainian BTR, on fire. And I thought, by the looks of the building facing the enemy, 
there's no way they could have gotten with artillery. And if they didn't get it with artillery, that probably means they used a suicide drone, kamikaze drone. And I remember this very distinctly because I was basically the only guy on the road. We were four kilometers from the enemy, well within mortar range um, or in all other artillery range. So, and I looked over and I see it in flames. Like this whole thing was just blazing. And there was a guy standing next to it. He had a little bit overweight guy he dressed in Ukrainian uniform. He was standing there like this. Oh, yeah, he was just... Gone. He's just like this, just looking at it. It's like, what the hell happened, you know? And, <laughs> and I remember that I'm looking at it. I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, this is this is it, you know. This is this is war. So mind you, I mean, I was that was I was back within the day and a half of being in the country. I was already at the front. So I ended up finding my brother. <clears throat> oh, as I drove through Bakhmut, uh, something interesting happened. As I drove in. I could tell the destruction was was out there. Um, buildings are burnt. Those multi-story um, communist built block buildings. Some of them were currently burning, burning, and some you can tell the windows were just charred. It's concrete, right? So it's not going anywhere. But but everything inside, I mean, it was just trashed. Tons of fallen trees. Power lines were down. I remember driving over some of them, and I'm like, hmm, should I be driving over these power lines? But at the same time, I'm thinking probably there hasn't been power here in eight months anyway. So, but it was it was interesting for sure. Um, I've seen a lot of destruction already, but that was that refreshed my memory very quickly. There's a few vehicles go back and forth, and I remember I stopped at this one spot, and it was just dead quiet for a second. Um, there will be explosions and small arms fire here and there, but then this for a second it would just be quiet. And I remember not a not a dog make a sound, a cat or a bird, just it was this quietness of death. And it was very precise, and I remember this very clearly. Um, very interesting. It's um, it's just this morbid sort of, sort of silence. I'm curious on the cat sound, by the way. Yeah, which <laughs> is not a cat, not a dog, or not a bird. I'm like, I want to know what a cat sounds like. Other than <laughs> cats are pretty quiet. <laughs> yeah, I get but, what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, you're in the middle of a city. You know, you look at a five story building. There's usually two hundred to four hundred people live there. Yeah, you know, there's stunt. There's there's kids around. There's there's vehicles moving. There's some. There's kind of noise, right? There's people open closing doors. Yeah. It's it's, you know. Um, just that little bell when you go in the little cafe and whatnot, there's a bell that rings. And it was just nothing. It was absolutely dead quiet for just a few moments before, you know, another explosion. And and it was it was very apparent that this this is the place where, where death did its job. Still, I mean that place is pretty brutal right now. Yeah. It's like I keep calling it a meat grinder. It's a pretty good terminology to use for that area. Yes, indeed. And I have friends that are still fighting there now. That would not want to be them, to be completely honest with you. Yep. Terrible. Absolutely horrendous. What's this? So, so you're going up to meet your brother. You get to this area. Now, it, it, how welcoming is the Ukrainian army to a random guy? Because I don't know when I was in the army, if a random guy's brother came up and be like, what the hell is this guy doing? Why is Frank, why is your brother here? What is your brother doing? 
That's, that's what I would say. Actually, I never even met a Frank before in the military. But that was a random ass name to use, but you know what I mean. Like, how welcoming were you? Were they to you as you? I I don't know. I guess this is a different environment because everybody's fighting. This is a completely different environment, and this is a national war. Yeah. So the war really you different. fought was with only military and somebody else's soil. Yeah. The war we fight, it's not just military. It's Everybody, everybody, <laughs> everybody. Yeah. and it's That's on your soil. Yeah. So when I drove there in an SUV, an unmarked SUV, and it wasn't green, and like everybody else, I didn't have the the counteroffensive crosses on it. This, by the way, that's what it means. Um, the counteroffensive crosses. So learn something new today. You can have a normal armored vehicle, just green, you know, camo, the digital camo that the Ukrainians are using. Mm-hmm. You can have the same vehicle with a white cross on it, on on all different sides. So the white cross means it's counteroffensive. It's the one with it's like, it's it's uh, not solid in the middle, but it's like, uh, I, if I had a, they can draw differently, but it's got to be a cross. Yeah, it's a cross. I, the one the ones I've seen most 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 of the time are like two lines and then two lines. Yeah, you can you can do it that way, but but basically, if you see those, though, that's a brigade or a battalion that's directly involved in that front line offensive. Wow, learned something new today. Look at that. So, Who would have thought? So Here. If th- so if you think I'm giving up some kind of secret information, this is you have to be in Ukraine a complete idiot not knowing this. Well, I I, I didn't in Ukraine. <laughs> like, I don't know now. Now when I look at images, I'm gonna know exactly what's going on because I yeah. see those white crosses all the time. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. That's why I don't know what's going on with this. So, the worst fire you can get is a friendly fire. That's absolutely the worst thing that can happen. So. And I had people ask me, "It's like, why, you know, why would you want to paint the cross on your vehicle?" And I'm like, because you don't expect being shot in the back, and and you don't want somebody mistaking you for an enemy. It's kind of like I, I don't even cut you off, but there's big yellow, put mm-hmm. big yellow tape and big yellow tape and big mm-hmm. yellow tape. You're like, well, you're wearing camo. Well, yeah, the camo is great and all, but the big yellow tape makes sure that hey, look, <laughs> yeah. we're both wearing camo on both yeah. sides here, and they kind of look kind of identical, so. Um, so, on the yellow tape, I can explain that as well. So, the yellow tape, tape again, it's, this is a counteroffensive move. So, when there's a big push, push, and there's quite a few troops, you try to, you try to take this. There's active fighting. There's no hiding in camo. There's no. just, there's an active fight going on. There's people moving. Like, it doesn't matter what you wear. I mean, you will be, you will be spotted, right? And reconnaissance unit doesn't wear any tape at all so if if they're holding the trench we're holding the trench and we're going into a gray zone like a no man's land and and doing reconnaissance you know special ops maybe we're putting in you know some trip wires for them nobody's wearing any tape nobody's wearing any patches nobody has any documents with them and nobody has any phones with them either if they kill you they don't know anything about you you, speaking of phones did you know what happened here recently just south of Bakhmut and I'm gonna jack this name up is it, it might have been Marinka or Makvika? Makivka. Makivka. Where the high Mars hit? I think that was in Makivka. I could be jacking it up because there's like 16 of those throughout the country mm-hmm, for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There, there's the there's same so name we've reused so many times. Time, yeah. But I, I think I think that's where it was. Where they killed, who really knows how many Russians due to them having their phones on them. Did you hear about this? I have not. Yeah. So they actually knew they were in a certain building because the, the phone increased usage of the ones that were watching Literally all compiled into one small area. Well, who do you, who's a 
cell phone towers do they think they're using? <laughs> they're inside of Ukraine using Ukrainian I, cell phone towers. It's goofy, right? So, <laughs> so of course we know where they are. I, I was watching, I seeing these images as you, as, as your song was being taken. You were watch. You literally <clears throat> would watch a heat map. You can watch the heat map of the Russian cell phone soldiers mm-hmm. that they had inside the clothes of their pockets. You can watch it move, like literally. You can watch it move like flowing mm-hmm. water. It would come down and would funnel down into the bridge, and then you can watch all the cell phone uses come like this. Mm-hmm. The entire thing it was just like, I mean, I don't ever show it on on video because it doesn't really, it doesn't have any. I guess what, what's the word I'm trying to use here? It doesn't really add value to what I'm talking about. But I'm I'm watching it kind of using as as to help me kind of gauge what's going on where, where the Russians. But it's kind of funny what you're talking about. No cell phones. I know. Well, yeah. One off topic once again. It's me. We all know I do this from time to time. But yeah, it's all good. Random story. If you didn't so, know, so when we when we do this, we in our whole group we just bring one phone, one phone per fire team. Okay, and so I, I mean, this one is like, again, this that. is not a secret. You just you turn them off, um, leave them somewhere. One guy would bring a phone. You don't you don't do that in reconnaissance, but you do that on other operations, right? When you recon, it's all it's all black. It's just it's a radio and that's it, nothing else. So, you know, everybody has New Year's resolutions, and mine in 2023 is relaxation. I am not really good at doing it, to be honest with you. I like to work. I enjoy it, but I need to do it. So, I've been adding some relaxation to my New Year. I'm revamping my my wardrobe with some relaxed, classic, full zip with American Giant. It's the same incredible quality and durability with roomier fit that will remind you of your favorite college sweatshirt. And, of course, it's made inside the United States of America. So for me, the best thing that I love personally about American Giant is the fact that it's made in the United States of America. In, in every, I would say most, I'm not going to say every, but most apparel companies nowadays are not here. They're not inside the United States. They have the highest quality, the best fabric. Uh, the durability is second to none. If you guys are also trying to add a New Year's resolution, you know what one you should think about? Buying more American-made products. This could be your first step if you haven't done that yet. American Giant might fit into that little little thing. This is this is this is could be your new favorite hoodie. Like this is this really for something comfortable for the year. This is it. This is what you need inside of your life. American Giant spent months and months fitting and adjusting the relaxed fit classic full zip hoodie until they got it just right. American Giant just doesn't just give you a better product by working with local manufacturers. They also create opportunities, they connect communities, and they leave things better than they were before. Completely opposite than the Russians. American Giant just isn't hoodies, by the way. They have sweaters, they have uh, sweatshirts, they have uh, this first yarn dyed flannels. They're also made inside of U- USA for decades. They're, they're perfectly fitting, lightweight cotton joggers. They have like broken in fitting, like like vintage feeling tanks, soft but structured classic sweatpants, simple, classic, and everyday denim. You need to go check them out. They got literally everything, and they're made here in the great country of the United States of America. Revamp your wardrobe in 2023 with your relaxed classic full zip hoodie at American-Giant.com using promo code ROB at checkout. You guys will get 20% off your entire order. Yes, that is American-Giant.com using promo code ROB at checkout. 20% off will be linked in the very top description. Go check them out. American-made products for, for for everybody here in America that wants to, wants to switch over and actually help, well, facilitate our money staying in this country, which is always a good thing. So thank you so much to American Giant. Now let's get back at it. All right. Um, so now you're sitting there. Let's get back on track because I jacked this all up once again because that's where I am. So got into Bakhmut. Yes. Um, another thing that happened that I thought was interesting is I was driving in. I only saw two civilians in that area as I was driving. I, I saw a few more afterwards, but 
I saw two civilians, and as I was driving by on the, my right side, I was taking the right turn, go south. Um, I'm at that point maybe three kilometers away from the enemy. But there's building streets and in between us. It's not like I can see them, they can see me. You know, it, Even though it was close, but you're looking through a city. Mm-hmm. Three kilometers of the city is, is pretty thick. Yeah. And so as I was driving, and I see these buildings that are half burned, some completely burned, um, you know, vehicles were burned down, armored vehicles burned. It's just this destruction, right? And I look at my right as I'm turning, and there's this lady, she's mid-50s, and she's wearing this, like, nightgown. Like, she just got out of bed at, like, 4 p.m. It's very strange. Like, she was dressed not normal, put it that way. Um, like, slippers in this sort of this dress. And then she was red in the face from crying and screaming. She was waving both of her fists at me. Like, um, um, in this rage and profanity and sea of curses. And her husband was trying to hold her back as she was trying to run into the street in front of my vehicle. And as I drove by, I kind of looked at it, trying to comprehend. It's like, what? Like, what? You know? Because this whole place was on fire. It wasn't because I was there. And she didn't know me personally, clearly. Um. Um, so it wasn't because of Ukrainian troops that were there. It's because the Russians were bombing it. And I thought, how interesting is that, that that people can be so mixed up what's right and wrong that they can that they can think that this would all go away if Russia would come. And Russia has come to many places, and things like that have not gone away. Filtration camps mm-hmm. and, and all that. I mean, look at Mariupol. There's there's nothing left of Mariupol. Russia is not the solution. And regardless of what she thought about this, we were going to fight this invasion no matter what. So I drove to my brother. I uh, was able to surprise him, which was pretty cool. I really liked that. He didn't expect it, so it was awesome. He was talking to somebody, and I came from behind, and I kind of smacked him on the shoulder. And I was like, what are you doing, private? You know, and it was it was good. It was good. Uh, you've asked me how welcoming I was, mm-hmm. uh, how welcoming they were to me. So when I got there and I slapped them on the shoulder and I, and I embraced him, gave him a hug, and, and we laughed and, and just, just joked for a little bit, he was talking to his company commander. And the company commander got up, shook my hand. He said, oh, you're his brother, aren't you? Because the last time I saw him. And I was like, yeah. He goes, oh, cool. And so I was wearing a uniform just like everybody else. When I was there, I got myself a weapon as well. And uh, I didn't wear any patches. Nobody wore any patches because the counteroffensive does not wear patches. You don't want the enemy to capture you and know who you are, like which unit you're from. You know, there's no chevrons. There's no ranks. Nothing. Like you're talking to a guy, you have no idea if he's a colonel, if he's a sergeant, or he's a private. And and that was on purpose. Uh, nobody had their military documents with them either. Uh, they leave them at the base when they go on offensive. So if you get captured, nobody will know who you are. Just things like that. So when it's welcoming, nobody knew that I wasn't the soldier. Just you're there helping them fight, and that's all that mattered. They didn't care what unit you were from. We worked with so many different battalions and different companies in the whole area. There's constantly vehicles moving, tanks moving, supply trucks are moving, you know, ammunition, all that stuff is just you show up, shake a guy's hand, say, hey, I'm, you know, where's so-and-so or how to get there, and you're just like one of them. I didn't realize that no one had ranks on. That's yeah, we don't kind of do, smart actually. We do not do not show rank. Yeah, the U.S. military definitely wouldn't do that. 
can guarantee you that. They, that this wouldn't happen, but I just kind of I kind of like that. All right, keep going. I'm sorry. Going on my little world yeah. again. So one of the things that <sighs> that happened um, was quite uh, quite unfortunate. Um, last time I saw my brother, I talked to um, talked to one of the tank commanders, and they had a tank there, and and <laughs> I've asked him if I could fire it, and and the enemy, and the guy's like, sure. You know, get in. So I got on a tank. He showed me kind of the controls, and he said, "We're just waiting for orders." And when the orders come, you pull the trigger. You know, you make it happen. And I was like, "Okay." So we just waited there for about an hour and a half. No orders came, and and I was like, "Okay, well, you know, it's time, time to go." So, and I was, you know, I was waiting outside the tank, talking to my brother and everything. But but point is. We're running out of time. We left. So when I came and saw my brother, I was like, oh, hey, you know, let's go fire that tank. Um, where's that guy? And I, and I can't remember his call sign at this time. But And he looks at me. He's like, he's no more. Uh, they were in a counteroffensive, and they took uh, two RPGs to the turret. And the second one went through and took half the head off the guy. Hmm. Um, the crew on the inside had a concussion. Uh, they were trying to leave the kill zone, and they, they made a mistake. They turned around and started pulling out in the wrong direction, and they drove out in the open field. I mean, they were just confused. You know, it's just they were not doing well. And um, and as they are pulling into this open field, he, my brother was a drone operator, so he was watching. He was coordinating the attack. Uh, he was watching this whole fight, and you see him pulling in. So he starts screaming at the radio for them to turn around and go back. And he just yelling like back, back to the trees, and like you're going the wrong way, you know, we gotta stop. So you can see them stop. This is yeah, I have a footage of that. So so they go out of this tree line probably for seventy to hundred meters, and then they stop. And you can see them start reversing and pulling out. And as they leave, there's a rocket that comes in and hits the spot of where they stopped. Hmm. So and it was something like a Ptur or Fagot or or the uh, stigma, like a guided, yeah, just clearly they they missed the last a few seconds later. So, so it saved the rest of the crew's life. So that was my first when I'm being back again. That that's my first encounter with death. Um, you know, somebody I knew that was that was already gone. Um, and then I talked to the surviving crew. They were recovering from a concussion. Um, they were still fighting. I mean, there, there's no, you don't get no vacation, vacation days. And they're like, oh, yeah, you got TBI. Okay, well, sorry for you, you know, go home, recover for, I don't know, six months or whatever it takes to, you know, get a little better from TBI, which you never do get better. It wasn't like that. It was like, oh, you got TBI. Okay, well, keep sleeping on the floor at the front line for like a week, and then you're back at it. And so I talked to a guy who was stuttering. Uh, because of it, he had multiple concussions. This was like his third while he'd been in the tank brigade. So they've seen they've seen plenty of fighting. That's his third concussion, and he was on his fourth tank. Hmm. He's on his fourth tank. Fourth tank. Okay. Yep. So actually, survivability from being hit in the tank is is fairly high. Uh, you can see that by by us shooting the Russian vehicles, Russian tanks. That, that the whole thing would be in fire and there's people jumping out and escaping, which I thought it was wild. And this guy was explaining to me, there's so much armor and, and, and obviously the heat rounds, the way they penetrate and all that stuff. So 
So this is actually a pretty high survivability rate. But, I mean, TBI is guaranteed. Until they have to go against the Abrams. <laughs> that round went up through like six of those Soviet Uter tanks. I'm not even kidding. I was, I was, I was going to explain this why I bought this thing right here. This is, well, this is not a clearly a tank round. This is a 25 mic mic. This round right here, depends on which one you use. It comes in different variations, clearly. But I'm telling you right now, it will, it will, there's certain rounds that this 25 mic mic has that it will rip through those Soviet area tanks like, mm-hmm. like butter. Mm. That round will literally go through all the walls in this house, into the walls of the next house, and through the walls of the next one. Like mm-hmm. it's nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's the a crazy, core uh, and everything. yeah, it's a crazy yeah. round. But there's like, I, I can't remember how many variations of it. There's like 10 or eight or something. I don't remember. It doesn't really matter. But there's certain one that they have I call the mini Sabo round. Because that's like a round that you guys over there in Ukraine haven't had to deal with very much or mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Like that Sabo round, every single Russian tank, we, there's not a single thing that they, there's not a single thing I don't even know on planet Earth that could that can withstand a Sabo round. It literally mm. pierces through and will go through, suck everybody out the backside of that thing. Mm. It's a crazy round. Mm. But they got little mini ones for these 25 mic mics. And they actually have them for 50 cal as well. I call them mini Sabos. But that thing... Not a piece of armor inside the Russian at all. Mm. That's going to be able to stop that. And they, have, they haven't even got it yet. So I don't know what's – that's going to change. That's going to significantly change certain areas of the war for sure. Like it's going to be pr- – I'm actually pretty excited to see what happens. It's going to be – especially for the springtime. I don't know. Off topic again, but I'm excited. As you were talking about the rounds not really doing very much. Because it's Soviet era of a Soviet era. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much what it is. Mix in a little, sprinkle a little bit into that fairy dust from the west, and it's gonna, I mean, it's gonna be crazy. <laughs> it's gonna, oh my god! And they keep, they keep ramping it up. So I think you were onto something uh, in one of your podcasts when you said that soon, um, at some point, but soon, that Ukraine is gonna pretty much switch to all the Western tech. They are. They have to. There's yeah, just, there's just yeah, no way around it. Because we're gonna, well, one, we're gonna run out of the Soviet equipment, and two, Western equipment. Not only it's free, but it's much better. And, yeah. And I'm looking at that, and I was like, well, I mean, That's you're not like wrong. It's this gonna is, happen. It has to happen. This is, this is coming. Like your rounds, they're gonna run out of rounds. There's only so many Soviet air rounds sitting. It's not like you guys are gonna be making any more of them. Wouldn't make any sense, right? Yeah. I mean, who'd you guys get the rounds from in the first place? You know, just gonna throw it out there. Like, I mean, they still I got, s- there's people you can get it from, but it's not. Right. Why would you want to do that? Right. And there's not a lot of factories that are like arm uh, military factories that are working in Ukraine because they've been targeted, yeah. obviously, like repair shops for armored vehicles. I saw I personally saw multiple of them being just blown up with cruise missiles and stuff. I mean, obviously, they target things that repair equipment. Right. But coming from the West, I mean, those factories are fully operational and unafraid. They're so, just going to flow stuff into you guys. Yeah. I mean, Poland so, just got M1s. Poland's now just getting M1s. You think you don't think that those? I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Spring is going to be absolutely insane. Spring, because I'm not saying I'm excited for it. I am excited for it because I know what the outcome is going to end up being in this war. At some point, the Russians will lose, like 100. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt because no doubt they they just cannot. They're not going to be able to keep up with the stuff that's coming in like this. They had like the Russians haven't. Even, they're scared. Of, they're scared shitless of the high Mars. I know Nin- that we're going to... 1986 gonna, technology. It's, it's, an, it's like, <laughs> yes, it is 90s tech. We're talking about yeah. 90s tech. We have to, it's 2023 now. 
Yeah. But they're yeah. scared of stuff that's 30 some years old. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that not crazy? For America, that's old. That's, that's old. Really old. For Soviet Union, that for, you know, Russia. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this, this is like, this brand is good. New. This that's is brand good. new yeah. stuff. We're like, <laughs> dude, that's that stuff that's sitting inside of our warehouse. We don't even care yeah. about it. You guys can have it. Yeah. You know? 